0: This is episode 29 on the Millennial Life School Podcast on not letting this moment of history pass you by with Naya Rachman. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School Podcast where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. Cornel West once said, None of us alone can save the nation or the world. But each of us can make a positive difference if we commit ourselves to do so. He also said that justice is what love looks like in public. Welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School Podcast. And I'm super excited to share with you guys this episode with Naya. Naya is a leader at Hillsong LA and a host at Hillsong LA channel and a seminary student at Fuller. And she's someone who has personally impacted my life just the way that she loves and just the way that she cares for people. In this episode, we talk about everything that's going on and Naya, as she's out there in the field, in the thick of it all, as she's going out to protest, she shares her experience on what she's seeing and the sense of healing in this whole journey as we are fighting and declaring that black lives matter. And we talk about how we are as millennials, a justice generation, and also about how media shapes our culture and our concept of race. We also talk about colorism and the concept of skin color hierarchy and code switching as a minority. We talk about systematic racism interracial marriages and living with a sense of double conscious as a person of color and we talk about the importance and the significance of everything that's happening right now in terms of history so we talk about why this moment that we're living in is so amazing and why we don't want to let this moment of history just pass us by so this episode is such a good one, so I'm super excited to share this. So let's just get right in. Mom, yeah. oh my. This, this is millennial uh, life school podcast with Sharon Kiron hand. Hey, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dai, oh my god, so good seeing you. How are you? I'm good. Wow, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I
1: know, it's been so long, so much going on. And it doesn't help that we've been stuck in the house for like the last two months. And so that really limits, you know, social interactions. But it's awesome to see you. Thank you for having me on here. This is so cool.
0: No, this is great. I know um, a lot has been happening in this world right now, and that's why I really wanted to have you on my podcast to just talk about some of the things that's going on. This past couple of weeks, honestly, I've been feeling really heavy in my heart, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people across the nations are feeling this way. And I think like for the first time, not from what I can recall, I feel like this is the time where It feels like the world globally, everyone's all of a sudden awakened to this racism and what is going on to another level. Like we've seen protests happening depending on different situations and current events, but I feel like this is at another level. And for you as like a leader and someone who is passionate about social justice, I really just wanted to open the space up to have a conversation. So Naya, welcome to the Millennial Life School Podcast. (laughs) Come
1: on! I'm excited. I am so excited. It's like, well, man, like, ooh, it's it's such a crazy time, um, but it's such an awesome time, and it's so crazy. You know, people may be like, "What in the world? How could you say that?" But it's like, I am so excited to be living right now and being able to witness being in this moment like this is not just can being contained to the united states this has gone global and like people are awakening all over the world today i was on i was on instagram and i saw people in finland finland I I was, I I literally, I was like, what in the world? This is incredible. Finland that was literally marching and protesting and shouting out Black Lives Matter. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, what a time to be alive and to be part of this movement and to be able to um just lift my voice and 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 be a uh, be a voice for the next generation not just my generation yeah. and so it's like i'm this is history right here and i, I realized that although you know i'm a millennial i'm still young i don't have children yet or anything like that but i think about it i'm like my kids and my you know my future kids and my grandkids my future grandkids are going to ask me they're going to learn about this moment in school and they're going to say mom where were you during the 2020 uprising like what were you doing where were you and I want to be able to say that I was right in the thick of things like I was out there I was protesting I was lifting my voice and that's the legacy I want to live and that's what I've always I said you know when I think about my life and the life that I want to create the life that I want to leave and, and and the example I want to be for my kids. And even though I don't have any yet, I start Mm -hmm. to, I, I know I have to be intentional right now of what I do and, and the passions I, you know, that begin to well up in me. And so I'm just like, this is, this is exciting to be able to say I stood on the steps of city hall in Los Angeles and I screamed out and shouted out that Black Lives Matter. That you know, what I'm saying that that we need. It's time for a change. And so, you know, I just um, I I've never thought that I would be, you know, in the middle in the thick of things. Like I've been on the ground like almost every single day since all of this happened, which was just about a week and a half ago now. Um, when the tapes of when the video went viral of um Mr. George Floyd and and the murder, basically, we all saw it. The world saw it, and yeah, yeah. I remember waking up the day it happened and I woke up and I, I grabbed my phone. And as you usually do, when you, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you mm-hmm. grab your phone and you look, okay, anyone text me? And I've got all these text messages of friends. Like, did you see this? Did you see this? And I'm just like, okay, see what? And I, I clicked and it immediately took me to like Instagram. And I see like the thumbnail mm-hmm. of, of this black man with yeah. uh, a cop you know, who happens to be white with his foot, with his, um, excuse me, his knee and mm-hmm. his neck. And I automatically knew, I was like, I can't watch this. I can't. And as I, when I clicked on it, the video started to play and I just heard his groans. Like he started, you know, he's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I literally was like, I, I was fumbling with the phone. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't look at this. I can't look at this. Because I've heard this story before I've seen the story before. And for those who are listening or watching that Um, that do not know, six years ago, um, a man by the name of Eric Gardner also Mm -hmm. died the same way. And so Eric Gardner was a New York resident um, and he was also killed by a police officer, someone in law enforcement. And instead they were, um, they killed him by the chokehold. And so, um, and that was also caught on tape. Mm -hmm. And so I watched this play out before, this scene before. And you know, when you watch scenes like this, um, people don't understand that there's a level of trauma that, yeah. that comes with it, you know? And so you can't unsee it once you see it, you can't unsee it. And, and I'm, um, I'm, I'm grateful that it, you know, seeing this, I'm, I'm sad that it had to take this, but I'm grateful that when it was recorded, that someone was there to record it yeah. and that it was able to go around the world and it was able to activate people to now a position of like, I can't unsee that. And now that I see I'm responsible. Now that I have seen, I'm responsible. Mm -hmm. And if we as just the world, as a human race, as humanity can carry that mantra, embrace it and say, now that I've seen, Mm -hmm. I'm responsible. So any type of injustice, any type of wrongdoing, whether it be in a a foreign country or your own country, whether it be in your house, Mm -hmm. your job, your school system, if we can say, now that I've seen, I'm responsible. So any type of wrongdoing, whether it's injustice, you see abuse, Mm -hmm. domestic violence, anything like that, that you say, you know what, I have a right to speak up whether it's reported to, um, to someone, you, maybe you can't do anything physically mm-hmm. right then and there, but you can report it to someone, you can, you know, and to get help for someone. And so that video that came out and that just went viral, it touched humanity in a way that is never, we've never seen at least in our generation as millennials. We've always read about the stuff in school and books and history books and it was our grandparents generation like the Martin Luther King civil rights generation. Mm -hmm. And now we are we are embarking on a global civil rights journey. And this is like, this is incredible. And can I just tell you, like I said earlier, I've been um, out in the streets every single day now protesting here in Los Angeles, California, and every single person, I look to my left, I look to my right, has been a different race, a different ethnicity. I've seen, and this has blessed my heart, I'll send you um, the Mm -hmm. pictures on my phone. One guy up there, he had a sign, he said, Korean Americans for Black Lives. And I'm sitting there like, this is incredible. Because unfortunately, with, you know, we live in a racialized society here in Here in America, where even the minority group, which would be the blacks, Hispanics, um, Asians, you know, even us as minorities are still separate from each other. Mm -hmm. where you would think, since we're all considered minorities, that we would have some type of solidarity. Mm -hmm. We don't, unfortunately, you know, and we have our own racial biases and prejudices against, you know, against each other. And so to see my, my Asian brother stand to the right of me and tell me that my life matters. I've never heard that before. Like I've never heard an Asian person say that my life matters. I never heard a Latino person tell me my my life matters. Mm-hmm. I never heard a white person tell me my life matters. And so I'm standing in this. Just, just picture. This now you're gonna see thousands of people with signs and they're protesting and they're shouting, "Black lives matter." And then I remember the one of the organizers gets on his bullhorn and he starts to say, "Turn to the nearest person that's next to you that's black and look them in the eye and tell them that they matter." And so all of a sudden, all these people started turning to me and giving me hugs. And even in the midst of COVID, it's just like, yes. it's just like, but, she, but telling me that they're like your life matters, you matter, you matter. And I just broke down crying. And what I thought was, was supposed to be like a moment of justice. And I'm going out there to lift my voice. I didn't realize that I was going to be on a healing journey in that moment. Things were being healed in me like wounds that I had um, that I had uh, that were inflicted upon me by my brothers and sisters, whether they're Latino, Asian, white, or what have you, that, you know, little things that maybe someone said that, you know, that made me feel a certain type of way towards another ethnic group. And to hear them say that and to see signs that say, you know, Korean Americans for Black lives, I'm like, wow, it just broke down every type of wall that divides us us in America and say no no don't believe the stereotypes don't believe the lies that you know I'm saying that Asians are not for black lives mm-hmm. or or um, Latinos are not for black lives or white people are not for black lives that there's people out there that are, they love you for who you are and you know what I'm saying and re- irregardless of your skin color we can celebrate your skin color but it's you your character you know and so I thought it was just incredible yeah, I'm sorry, no, just to ramble on yeah, like that. No, that's so... Like, <laughs> there's so much inside of me. I'm like, how do you process all of this right now?
0: Yeah, no, that's so amazing. And I I was just like recording a podcast for a Friday episode today. And I was just thinking about this year, 2020, and how beginning of this year, I could have never predicted everything that's going to happen. Could have oh never predicted, you know, like COVID-19, where, where the heck did this come from? You know?
1: we're barely out of covid <laughs> barely out of COVID. It was like surprise. We're yeah. gonna shake you know, we're gonna shake the world. It was like yeah. literally I, I tell I was like I describe it as a social earthquake. Literally our yes. whole world has felt yeah. this and just to see how so many different nations around the world have just jumped on and mm-hmm. having, like Finland. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure the population of black people in Finland is not really high.
0: Yeah, no, I was actually just talking to a friend from Finland. So when I was in Bali, okay. I was in, yeah, um, I was in Bali for four months this past year, which is really awesome.
1: Word, come on. <laughs> come on. When I
0: was in, oh, and also I was going to Hills on Bali. Oh my God, so amazing. Oh. Oh, you have to, you have I'm to, go visit. um, Nick, if you have time when this is all over, man, is- also Bali is just so fire. There's so many young Indonesian people and it's so amazing, but that's another topic. But, um, <laughs> we're
1: going to get on that. Yeah. Travel. The travel podcast yes. is next. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Um, but yeah, so my friend, I met a girl from Finland there and she told me like when she's there, she's like, she never really meets any people of color there. And also she sent mm-hmm. me a photo of like a bus stop in Finland. And she's like, yeah, in Finland, people don't really talk to each other. Everyone's really shy. And she sent yes. me a photo of everyone just like standing like three feet, six feet apart on a bus stop. Just because people love their own like social Spot space. space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their own yeah, personal space. And she was like, yeah, Finland people are known to be shy. And, and she was really asking me like, hey, what is going on with, you know, what's going on with George Floyd and the whole situation with, with protests and things like that. She was just, you know, curious, and she wanted to educate herself more. So we had this long conversation about that, and like seeing that happen in Finland was just so amazing. Because I know like the context behind that culture as well. So that's so,
1: awesome, yeah. Girl, I was blown away. I was blown away just as much as you were. And so I was like, Finland. And so like I love seeing on social media just play out the the harmony and just like, did you see? Oh, I was blown away by New Zealand. I was like, I think that's the whole entire country that just gathered. I was just like, they have the, the downtown and like, there was not one space that was not occupied. I said, I think that whole entire country is out there right now. because that. <laughs> many. And they turned it into, I think towards the end of the, the March, like a, like a party. It was just, it was awesome to see that. That's just so the love amongst each other. I was like, incredible. You
0: know, this is so amazing. And I'm getting chills like multiple times while we're talking about this and just um, the significance of everything that's happening this time. And I know 2020 has been a challenging year for a lot of people, but it's a powerful year. And I think it's a year where literally like the world is being shaken and people oh. who were asleep, they're all of a sudden is like, oh my God, like you got to wake up, you know? Exactly.
1: Well, I think we live in, uh, we have a generation right now that they, they call the justice generation. Mm-hmm. The generation, our generation that we're living in is just, we have a heart for justice. And so like, you, you can put anything out there right now. We're ready to protest. We're ready to fight for it. And so, and it's obviously playing, playing out right now and wherever you look all over the social media that we're ready to fight. And I was telling, um, I think I was telling you earlier that I was like, I was not always like this. Mm-hmm. I would never think that I would. I was like, Naya, what has gotten into you? I was on the steps of City Hall in Los Angeles, the top of the steps, looking out at like thousands of people with my sign next to the guy with the bullhorn. And I'm like, yes, you know what I'm saying? We're all doing this together. We're smiling. Everybody's just all for, Like, it was such love. I'm like, I've never experienced such love on such a grand scale like this, you know? And this is like... And the thing that was incredible was like, it was every religion, every ethnicity, you could not say that, like even one post, this is this wasn't in Los Angeles, but I saw the Amish Mennonites out there. I'm like, Whoa. the Amish, wow. the Amish you, you don't understand for those who are not, not familiar with the Amish community, <laughs> the Amish community they segregate themselves and 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 from all of the world. You're not going to target a Walmart and bumping into someone this Amish. You know what I'm saying? And so the fact that they were out there is just like incredible that they're standing and lifting their voice and saying it's time for a change. You you cannot be moved by that. You cannot just but but seeing the solidarity. That's the thing. That's we knowing that we're in this together. And that's why places like whether it's Finland or some of these um, countries that I just like barely with any black population that they're out there and they're lifting their voice. I mean, that's solidarity. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we know that if we can all just stand together we can lock arms together and not look at it just like get justice for the black community but know that when justice is served and things are changed and those walls are broken down of separation and division that it's going to affect us all Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i know um you know i know the black community and it breaks my heart Me as a black woman, I know I've traveled so much. I've been to Korea. I've been to so many, um, I've been to like close to, I was telling you 90 countries around the world. And so I love to travel. I love to learn about new cultures, um, new people groups. And it's, it breaks my heart sometimes because when I go to certain countries and I I visit certain countries, they know me. So they approach me as um, what they see on television.
0: Mm. and
1: so because maybe maybe in their country so say if I go to like I went to I was in Egypt and so um I was in Egypt or Morocco some country and it didn't have a lot of black people basically and what they know of black people or black culture is what they see on tv and so they know black people as hip-hop yo 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 they know black people as Beyonce you know what I'm saying they know Oh I'll give you a great example an incredible example I was in China and I tell people I, I tell my friends who are black I said if you want to feel like a celebrity go to China <laughs> because they think you're Beyonce they think you like they take pictures every like every you know 100 feet that we would go someone else would stop me and say can I take your picture I'd be on the train in China and they would sneak their camera and lift it up a little bit and sneak and take pictures Uh and so some were really nice and some would always you know would come up to you and ask Mm -hmm. some would just sneak it some would do some you know some crazy things and some were actually really rude um but But they they would say these things and they would greet you in the way that they saw you on television. So they thought you were very, oh, quote unquote, ghetto or this and everything Mm. like that. And I'm just like, it hurts my heart because unfortunately the media and and movies only, they tend to show one side of black culture. Mm. And so the world thinks black, all black people are like that. And so they don't see the other side that we as a people group where there's so many of us, just like there's so many different types of people when it comes to um, my Asian brothers and sisters or my Latino brothers and sisters or my Arab brothers and sisters. And so to box us all in and say that um, our culture or to greet someone that's Black and to think that there's a certain way or, you know what I'm saying, like, I remember I was, um, I was dating someone And he is, um, he was Hispanic. And so um, he was like, I want you to meet my parents. I want you to meet my parents. I'm like, okay, great. And like, we're five minutes from his house. And he's like, oh, um, I, so I didn't tell you that my mom's racist. Like my mom, he was like, she, he goes, my mom doesn't like black people. Um, I'm like. I'm, so you wait till I'm five minutes away from yeah. your house and tell me that your mom doesn't like black people? Like, I'm like, dude, what am I? I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, what, uh, now you're making me nervous. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, uh, well, do I go get her uh, a cake? Do I? What do I do to make her like me? You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, and I'm like, so but why doesn't she like black people? And he's like, well, my mom, she goes off of the stuff she sees on TV. And so they, you know, on TV, they always show black people mm-hmm. as this whether if it's crime or this or anything, they always show black people like this. And so you're, you know, sometimes our parents and we don't realize some of the racial um, prejudices or racial or the implicit biases that we have come through our parents. Yeah. And like our parents tell us, you know, never bring home a white person, never bring home uh, a black person. And I have a good friend of mine and she is um, Chinese Malaysian. And she was like, Naya, I wish, and we're really, we're really great friends. I love her to death. And she said, but I gotta be honest with you. She was like, I can never bring home a black person. Mm. I, she was like, I can maybe bring home a white guy, but I can't bring home a black guy. And so she was just like, within Asian culture, uh, within, you know, she's Chinese, Malaysian, like I said. She was like, it's just unacceptable. You just cannot bring home a black guy. And I was like, so I was just curious. I, mm. I don't get mad. I'm just like, okay, so tell me why is that? And she was like, she was like, unfortunately, my parents are old school. They, they look to television, and whatever they see on television, that's what they believe Black people are. Black men are scary. Black men, are, they do this, they do that. And so it breaks my heart because it's like we get these closed-minded, you know what I'm saying, um, closed-minded views, and we're not open because we know anybody else. Like, her parents don't have any relationships with any Black mm. people. They, in the, in the, um, they're from New Zealand. But even in New Zealand, there weren't, you know, any really any black people. And so she didn't have any, the proximity um, to the black culture or black people um, was not existent for her. And so she could only go off of what she saw on television. And I feel like it's not fair because that's not, that's not the totality of who black people are. You got to understand media wants to make money. And so they will play off of this. Black people in cool factor or Black people in crime factor and always put us this way, always label the Asian person this way, always, you know what I'm saying? So they typecast us. Even if you look at, you know, the media and movies, they always tend to um, typecast the Asian. Mm-hmm. And so the Asian is this way, or you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or the heartthrob is never really the Asian. The heartthrob mm-hmm. is always the white guy. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you know, a lot of cultures loving white guys or anything like that because that's what the media shapes it. And before you know it, you don't realize that your mind is not shaped by your own
0: mm-hmm.
1: thoughts and your own desires and likings. It was shaped by the culture that your, you know, Disney told you what mm-hmm. it should look like or Hollywood told you what it looked like. And so when you go against the norms and you bring that home or bring it to your friends, they're like, why are you dating him? Or why are you dating her? And so I think think it's time to break out of that, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's so heartbreaking because I've personally, I think I share with you, I've personally experienced that kind of um, racism and not even just racism, but just like people unaware and not really knowing. And I think especially Korea is one of the most homogenous countries in the world. So if you go to Korea, chances are you're going to see a whole lot of Koreans, you know, yeah. <laughs> and just a little tiny bit of foreigners in certain cities, you know, like yeah. that are known to be more, you know, open for foreigners. But in general, a lot of Koreans tend to stick with other Koreans. Yeah. And like, for me, you know, I was dating a black guy from Hillside, ama- mm. amazing guy, honestly. Like in terms of character, and we've known, we've been friends for a couple of years. And to be honest, like I actually don't really talk a lot about this, um, you know, because it's it it was really painful for me. It was such a traumatic experience, I think, on my part, because I've never fought with my parents on wow. something as much as I did when I was dating him, and that's. Um, That's a lot for me to process in that time because that's the first time when I actually experienced it like firsthand. Because for me growing up here in America, I'm just used to having a diverse group of friends. And like I have close group of like Black friends, Hispanic friends, white friends, Asian friends. And just Mm -hmm. I've met so many different people and I've had such like so much love from all types of people that for me, I just like, I didn't think things like this would be such an issue or I just never... And you know, for my parents, my parents are loving parents and they're yeah. not um and it's it's difficult when it's like, okay, I don't they're not racist in, in the sense where they're hating on other people, yeah. but then at the same time, I think there's they're scared of things that they don't know and they oh, Yeah. Know. And they're scared of something that they're not expecting. So mm-hmm. they've always expected me to be dating a Korean man or for me to you know just bring home a korean and that's all you know that's all they've been expecting out of me and then I tell them like hey this is my boyfriend and they were just like they didn't talk they were just like shocked because they just didn't know and they didn't know how to process everything and for me I was so upset and I was so angry at my parents yeah but when I told the guy that I was dating at that time he um it's kind of heartbreaking for me to also say this too, but he was like, oh, I, I understand. And, you know, give your parents time.
1: It's like, it's you know what the, the sad thing is, is for us black people, like even myself, you already are ready. When you date outside your culture, you date outside your race rather, you're already ready to, you're like, <laughs> you're already ready, like you're waiting, like, did you tell your parents yet? like does your, Like, you're already ready for the rejection. Because Black people have, or, um, for for 400 years, we've been in America for 400 years now. And we were brought to America as slaves mm-hmm. from Africa. And I say that, I know some people are like, well duh, we already know that. But some people actually don't. And so um, African Americans were brought to um, America as slaves. And so it's, it's, it's one of those things that America has always placed us at the bottom. It's like, we're supposed to be the worst of the worst. And that's what they've made us to be. And so, so many people, groups, so many people um, have subscribed to that thinking. Mm -hmm. And so, and now we already know that it's like, okay, the media makes us look like we are scary. We're this, we're that, our women are this, are that. And it's just like, that is not true. But remember, there's money in the media, so they're going to have to, you know, um, really sensationalize those things and those aspects and the you know of mm-hmm. um of our community where but here's the thing you can go into any low income community and find crime any low income community and find aspects of that and it won't even be black communities it could be you know latinos or whites or anything like that and so um it's not just um black community it's like that's a lie. And but um, unfortunately, like myself, any time if I was to date out, any time I was I dated outside of my um, race, I automatically would lead off with that. Is this like, so how do your parents feel? Because you're or you're used to it. You're used to being rejected. Like, like the new generation, like our generation, like we're very accepting. We know that it's about like, hey, if I find someone who's like, that's my friend. That's like my best friend. It's like he you know, he, we vibe off of each other. This mm-hmm. is great. We, we are, our, our likes, our dislikes and like, he's a great person that is just like a great human, yeah. you know? And when you find that it's like, does it matter? You know what I'm saying? If you're attracted to, you know, what they look like or what have you in their different color, does it matter? And, and so, but then you're, you have to go for you guys. I think it's harder because and when I say you guys, I'm talking about, um, people who are not Black, because mm-hmm. because not just Asians get it, but Latinos get it, um, whites get it, it's like, Arabs get it, it's like, you bring home a Black person, I, I think it's like, I, and, and this funny thing is because, within those cultures, outside of Black culture, black, um, the Black race, it seems like it's okay to bring a white person home, but you can't bring a Black person home. I've noticed that. It's like, it's okay to date white, but don't date Black
0: that oh my god you know that makes me so angry because I'm just like realizing how even in terms of dating culture that there's such implicit bias yeah there's that bias that people have and I think that's just so my god that makes me so angry because it's just like oh my god it really does not matter it's just we're all human it. beings it and it just
1: back down to I, some cur- cultures are so um, bent on skin color. And so yeah. it's like whitening creams, different mm-hmm. things like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like the lighter, the better. But people have never thought, where do they get, where does that come from? Where did that mindset come from? The lighter, the better. Now I know as a black person, all, you know, black people, we know where it came from. It came from the Europeans. And so, you know, they don't understand that race is a social construct. Race was made up. Mm -hmm. humans made it up the europeans made up race and so this is black this is white this is this this is that they made it up Mm -hmm. and so even within that There's a color hierarchy. And so the whiter you are means you're at the top. The darker you are, and it doesn't even have to be in the black community. You go to India, it's the same way. If you go to Asia, within Asia, there's the um, Southeast Asians, Mm -hmm. our Cambodian brothers and sisters, our Filipino brothers and sisters, and there's various skin tones. And I've done a lot of um, missions work within Philippines. And to see the way the differences, you can just look on television, Mm-hmm. go to these countries whether it's the Philippines all the way to Mexico and you look on television when it comes to the news anchors when it comes to the top movie roles mm-hmm. the, the the stars are always very fair skin india yes. very fair skin and it's like, like and then the darker you go you're not really very popular you know, or you're typecast as a role, Mm. whether it's the maid or the field worker or whatever it is. And so um, people like, oh, well, we don't have any racism in our country because we're all Asian. No, but you might have colorism Mm. and that's a form of prejudice is like you treat because um, you're darker Korean or people say, oh, well, you don't really look Korean because they might be darker Mm. or they might be mixed I don't know if this is a proper term or a HAPA, mm. which is being half Asian, half something else. Yeah, yeah. And so I know within that, I have friends who are um, half Asian, half something else, especially if you're half Asian, half Black.
0: Mm. Like
1: that rejection li- in living in an in a Asian, all Asian community or a country, the rejection that they feel now, they're not Asian enough because mm. they have brown skin. And then sometimes they feel they're not Black enough. And so they're, in, they're living in these two, worlds are trying to fit in. And it's just, it's a battle for identity. And, yeah. and then like, man, that's, that's hard. Like when did, do, when does our generation, when do we stand up and say, you know what, who cares what our parents, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? How they thought that the old yeah. structured thinking, when do we say, this is a new time, this is a new mm-hmm. day. And you know what, I'm sorry, mom and dad, you know, but I, I you know, I love, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. this person, this is a good person, you know, this is, you know, and skin doesn't matter. And then I've heard so many stories, though, that, you know, of people who still dated the person and wound up getting married. And then the, the parents eventually changed. The parents mm-hmm. you know, are like, I, you know, I love them more than my daughter. I love them more than my son now, you know. And mm-hmm. so that's always been my um, hope and prayer for any of my friends or anybody that's in interracial relationships that eventually that the parents will Finally, get on board, and I know, but um, I know that certain cultures, mm-hmm. whether it's Asian culture, um, Arab culture, um, are shame-based cultures, mm-hmm. and so meaning um, if you do certain things, um, it will bring shame on your family, mm-hmm. and so you really try to live a life that pleases your parents because you don't want to bring shame on yeah. your parents. You don't want to, you know, that's the, like the last thing you want to do. And and so it's harder it's harder to break out of that when you're like I love my mom and dad what do I do you know I'm saying and so and and living in those shame-based cultures it's 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 a hard one
0: no no that's very much like Korean culture to be honest um there's a lot like for example when my parents were telling me about why I can't date this guy or whatnot like it was more about like, well, like we got to think that we're in a community and, you know, we have to think about what other people are going to think. And for me, I'm like, I'm a millennial growing, growing yeah. up here in America. I'm like, I don't have to think about what, what other people are going to think about me. But for them, they're like, no, but we don't live by ourselves. So we have to think about what other yeah. people think about us. And I think especially in Korea, there's a lot of, like that is really ingrained in the culture where we have to be other people conscious. We have to be aware of how we present ourselves. And then Mm -hmm. in terms of skin color too, like the lighter, the better too, you know, in terms of white, fair skin. And for me, I grew up in California. So I had like, I was out in the sun all day when I was young, you know? So I grew up and I was, I became really tan. So I was born in Seoul. And when I was in Korea, I was pretty fair skin. And then I came to California when I was seven and I just was out all day in the pool swimming. Yeah, and I got really, really tan and really dark. And I remember in middle school just thinking like, wow, I'm looking at all these like K-drama and all the Korean celebrities and they're so pale. And then they're, you know, they're talking about skin color and they're pointing out different celebrities who are darker skin and talking about how that's not pretty and things like that. And that, like consuming that kind of media, even growing up here in America, but consuming Korean media, it made me feel like, wow, I'm not pretty because... I'm so tan because Orly. I'm so dark, and that's Orly. what I was thinking. But then I moved to Chicago in high school, and then when here in Chicago, people don't get a lot of sun. Yep. So here, so here, back. Everyone, back. yeah, yeah. So here, like literally, all my friends in high school, they were out getting tan, and they're like getting fake tans and going tanning and things like that. And when I told them I'm from California, everyone was like, Sharon, your skin is so beautiful. You have that natural Californian tan. I'm like, yes. oh. Yeah, no. And all of a sudden I realized like, wait, actually people people want to be. Want the tan, yeah. yeah. And it's just, I really think, you know, in terms of beauty and in terms of concept, like media has such an influence in how we perceive things. Totally. And I think it's now time for us to really just, Realize, like, okay, actually, like, let me stop letting media and what media is doing, you know, construct how I see the world. Really see, like, okay, how did God create us, and how totally. did God create me uniquely, and how did God create this person uniquely? Totally. And yeah, and I, I think it's so amazing because right now with everything that's been happening, man, yeah. like I've been going through just a roller coaster of emotions, like. Like you said, that video, oh my God, I think, you know, I just can't get that out of my head. Right now, I feel like it's so crazy how there's a spotlight in something that I feel like people constantly have been trying to put under the rug Yes, and all of a sudden it's not that it didn't exist before but all of a sudden it's like there's this giant spotlight on it and we're yeah. seeing it and people are uncomfortable because they're like wow that doesn't look pretty that's ugly and people are uncomfortable yeah. by it but like you said now that we've seen it now we all have a decision to make like what yeah. are we gonna do about it you know we can't
1: Come on.
0: like we have to make a decision either we're gonna either you know it's like you see that and now you're responsible like you said and either you can be like okay well I'm gonna turn a blind eye to it pretend I didn't see that pretend you know just go on my way or think okay well the person behind me is probably gonna do something about it and it's it's like you you gotta you gotta you gotta
1: ask yourself the question what type of person do I want to be
0: yeah you know
1: what what type of person do I want to be and so is it's am I that type of person where I can see something like that and not allow it to affect me? Am I and that type of person that will build walls and is that cold to where I'm just like, you know, uh, I'm not even gonna sign a petition? Maybe you're, you're somewhere and you're like, well, I can't get out to a march or there's no marches near me, but you can sign a petition, like you know, um, with the advent of social media and the internet. I mean, there's, things are so easy. It's right at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to watch this, you're able to hop online and and sign a petition or you're able to donate to a justice fund. Um, and so I think things are being made so much easier now for us Mm -hmm. to participate in ways to help bring justice, you know, and, or just spread the word, you know, lift your voice, tell them, Hey, I stand with you. And so, um, putting out a post or anything like that. And I, I don't say, I, I wouldn't limit it to there. If you 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 know if you can do more, hey, do more. You know what I'm saying? Because we're in this together. And especially if you're listening to this and you are um, an American, um, and you're here, you live in America. I think it's that much more um, important for the Korean community to know, the Asian community a whole, as whole, the Asian community to know that we are in this together. Yeah. And I don't want, you know, I know some people can, you know, really kind of, Um, try to segregate themselves and say, but but my life matters too. Mm -hmm. But people got to understand when we say black lives matter, we are saying Asian lives matter. We're saying Latino lives matter because the truth is we are all grouped and clumped into this non-white category. Mm -hmm. There's white and then there's everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately in our, the structure within our um, nation is that whites have the power they have the most seats in the government. They can, you know, the rules and, and and you know which way they go and stuff like that. And then there's everybody else. And so we have to fight for our rights. Um, you know, we just we are kind of coming out of COVID, but you know, just a month ago, um, we had the Asian community here in America got the huge biggest backlash. Yeah, whether it's you know, um, people were spitting on them. So many hate crimes to the, our Asian community here in America. And and I don't even think that got as much attention as it should mm. from other people and standing in solidarity saying, hey, this is not okay. Yeah. To the point where I feel like it went unnoticed for the most part. Mm. And, and the reason why I know so much about it is because I've done so much like I'm, I'm a, I'm a fighter, not just for um, black issues, but I'm a fighter for Asian issues for Latino issues mm-hmm. for Native American issues, indigenous issues. And so um, when it comes to social justice, when it comes to fight, I think I want to lift my voice for everything. I don't want to lift my voice just for people who look like me but I want to lift my voice for everyone. And so that takes me now having to um, spend time listening to the stories of my Asian brothers and sisters here in America. And I sat down, um, I know with some of my friends and say, Hey, tell me your story. Tell me what it's like to be an Asian woman, an Asian man in America. What's, what has it been like? What's your experience? Tell me the Asian American experience. And so in some ways we relate because we've been um, in, in, in spaces where we've had to um, take our culture out. We can't be too this. So we can't be too Asian because we may make someone feel uncomfortable. Or I can't speak my language in front of these people because then they may think that I don't, I get labeled immigrant. I get labeled, you know, certain way. I'm sorry, can you hear me well? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, I'm sorry, this is the kitchen. Um, And so so we get labeled these things and so, and so we just have to be mindful of that. And so we don't want to be labeled those things or what have you. And so we just we we pull back, we try to assimilate to whether it's whiteness or you know what I'm saying to being quote unquote American, more American or what have you. And so um I've I've felt where I've had to, you know, the name of it is, you know, code switch.
0: Mm. Um, I'm not sure if
1: you're familiar with yeah, that. No,
0: yeah, I, I know, yeah, I know
1: code switch. And so uh, all those who are watching or anything like that, um, code switching is more of just the whole, um, just like, um, having to change who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, because you need to be more of a certain thing, more white or more, you know, um, so whether it's in a corporate position Mm -hmm. in a corporate job, I know when, when it comes to a lot of corporate gigs, you can't, um, look a certain way like you can't wear braids or you can't, um, where your hair. And so like, even with resumes, when you're trying mm-hmm. to find a job, you know, you if your name is ethnic, I know a lot of my friends who are African, if they have a culturally ethnic name, they will change their name to like Jennifer, mm. you know what I'm saying? Or change their name to a very Americanized name, because they want to seem as if, quote unquote, they're American or like, but why can't we, you know what I'm saying? Why can't we keep our cultural name? Why can't I keep my name? But it's just like, no, you're an American now. You need to be Amy,
0: you Mm -hmm. know?
1: And so they'll change their whole name. I know even me, it it pains me that I'm like, well, if I wanted to name my child a name that, an uncommon name, it's like, man, they're going to be labeled right off the bat Mm -hmm. when it comes to going to find a job because people are going to know Oh, she's black because that's a black-sounding name, mm-hmm. or that's an Asian-sounding name, or this person is Hispanic. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then they get grouped and judged just off of that alone. And so, it, whether they get the mm-hmm. job or not, sometimes depends on who's the hiring manager. Oh well, I don't want yeah. any Hispanics in here. Psh, out the window.
0: Yeah, and and the sad part is, um, I saw statistics on that, and it is true that you know, white sounding names get higher chance of being picked out from resumes. And so, totally. yeah. yeah, so I think with that, you know, that really goes into the whole systematic racism yeah. that is still existing. And I know with, you know, I've been doing with everything that's been going on, I feel like I've been doing a lot of research on my own and trying to understand the history of, you know, how America was built. And, you know, like America was built on stolen land.
1: and 100%.
0: And even with that, and just like the way, you know, Jim Crow laws and everything that's happened, and just seeing all that, it just makes me so angry, like, man, like this really needs to stop. I think we've come to a point where I think it's really one thing that I keep saying is I feel like we're living through such an amazing time of our life, like this time 2020 as challenging it is, it is a significant one. And right now, millennials, we are the majority of the populations, And like as millennials, we are different than our older generations. Yeah. And we think differently. And like you said, yeah. we're much more passionate about social justice. Oh. And I think that's why like we're seeing this kind of global movement and yeah. social media with everything, like people are getting activated and people are speaking out and getting really like fired up to fight for another person's life and Totally. black lives matter because they do and just like people are coming together in this kind of love and fight for humanity it's so amazing to see and I think yeah like it is it's amazing and like you know I've been this past week I've been through like the feelings of like oh my god I'm gonna cry and I just feel like really in pain to feeling like really encouraged by people coming together and it's just been a roller coaster but I think it's uncomfortable but it's uncomfortable because change comes discomfort
1: there you go there you go and that's something that we all have to realize and it's don't rush to get out of the pain i know with Mm. so many of us we don't like pain no one likes pain no one wants to you know to to go through pain but um sometimes when it comes to things like this um especially when we want to bring about change Um, and and you want to work on yourself, it's good to sit in the pain with your brothers and sisters, your Black community. Mm. Sit in it. Feel it. This is a weight, and this pain has been on um, the Black community since they landed. You know what I'm saying? They're generations, generations before them since they landed in America. And so this pain that I'm experiencing now is no different from the pain I've had to experience for the last, you know, some odd, uh, you know, years and in my own life. And so... You know, if it's overwhelming, if you're listening to this and it's overwhelming to you, just think like, wow, what is it What is it like for a person who's Black that has to deal with this every single day? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to always live um, with something W.E. Du Bois, who is a, a writer, famous Black writer um, and activist, um, he says what he labels as a double conscious. You, mm-hmm. as a Black person, you always have to walk this world, walk this earth with a double conscious, meaning you're always aware of how You see yourself, but then you also have to be conscious of the way others see you. Mm -hmm. And so not only do you have to be conscious of the way you see yourself, but you always have to live your life conscious the way people are going to see. So if you're a black male, as you walk into a room, okay, they're going to see me as a thug. Are they going to see me because I'm, I'm wearing a, a Nike hoodie today. I, I, I put on a sweatshirt because I went on a run. Are they going to see me as this? And so you have to live your life constantly as a black person, always shaping and and, and, and fixing things so others don't feel uncomfortable around you. Mm-hmm. So I can't wear my hair certain ways because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. And so it strips you of your natural identity of who you could possibly be, You know, you could be, you know, the nerdiest person in the world and, and, you know what I'm saying, but still labeled something because you have on, um, sneakers, Nike sneakers or Jordans and, oh, now you're labeled, you know what I'm saying, a hoodlum or this or what have you, or, you know, and so it's one of those things that we have to always walk the world, this earth with and always be so, my conscious of is like, well, how do they see me right now? Am I coming across You know, a certain way, like I tell people because I'm from New York, born and raised in New York. And so I have a a New York accent when it comes, especially when I get passionate about something. And so it it comes out and people like, you know, some people I've, I've gone to other countries like, man, you sound really black. I'm like, I sound really black. I'm like, or do I sound like a New Yorker? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because this, I can tell you that there's about um, eight million other people that sound like me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, within the city that I'm from. Now, if I was from a state like Wisconsin or Alabama, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I wouldn't, you know, sound yeah. like this. My tone wouldn't be like this. And so we equate certain mm-hmm. the way people sound and my skin color is like, oh, you're you sound really black. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so black. It's so, like, no, no, um actually I sound like I'm from New York. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cause we have a tonality, we have a addiction and everything like that. But now I, I, I kid you not, if I lived in Alabama, I would probably sound a different way. And so you wouldn't say, Oh yeah, why you? Well, you sound different here. You don't sound so black. Yeah. That's because my, my area, my location is different, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my proximity to um, maybe certain things or what have you is just totally different. And so I just think that what's happening right now, this awakening, I call it, you know what I'm saying, an uprising, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't label it as the riots of 2020 or, you know, whatever. I call it an uprising because um, right now what we're experiencing around the world, it is Mm -hmm. literally just like COVID went around the world. And literally we can ask, you can go to any country and you can speak to the person about their experience during COVID, like Mm -hmm. how was it for you? He's like you can also now speak to someone else again like this is another journey another um okay. pandemic or what have you, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, a global um experience that you can go once again anywhere and they would be like yeah i remember the whole black lives matter or just the movement yeah. to now wake people up and so it's either you i mean like i said again you have to ask yourself who do you want to be mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? And, and, and though we love our parents, though we love the generations who have come before us and we honor them, um, there comes a point where you have to make up in your mind, who do you want to be? And I think our millennial generation, now's the time we are, we are totally different from any other generation. We are justice generation. We are fighters. We are, um, we are a, a generation of young people who, um, who are on fire, who are passionate, who, um, are ready to carve out their own lane, you know, apart from, um, we're sick of, of attaching ourselves and subscribing to the thinking of what the news says, um, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're people like, no, I'm going to find out for myself. I'm going to do this for myself. And, you know, and so I just encourage anyone who's watching this and just saying, okay, what, you know, whether, you know, how do I do this? How do I navigate this time? And, you know, what have you? And just, you know, know that, you know, as a millennial, you know, ask yourself, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And and when I say, who do you want to be? I'm not asking who do your parents want you to be. Mm. I'm asking you, who do you want to be? Yeah. You know, break, you know, have the courage, you know, have the courage to break apart from, because you're one day your parents will pass, pass on and you have to now carry the mantle. And, and so you decide the legacy you want to leave. What type of legacy do you want to leave? What do you want your kids to be? You know, what, what do you want them to know the most? What's the most important thing that you want them to know the most? And so, and whatever that is, that means you need to be, you know, and so if you want them to know the most love, you know, that love conquers all or what have you, then you have to show them the example of that which means you loving other races, you know, ethnicities, no matter, you know, who it is, get out there, you know, go to different countries. You know, I, I love, it's so funny. I, I said before, I've been to Korea, but I've also mm-hmm. done so much and watched so many Korean movies, so many Korean talk shows. And, um, which ones? Do you know any names? I can't tell you. I can't tell you the name. I'm working on my Korean. Uh-huh. I can't tell you the name, but there's this one Korean talk show where they bring in, all these interracial couples and so it's all these I know um couples,
0: you know? global summit <laughs> yes, I think that's what it's yes.
1: <laughs> and I absolutely love it and it, they show their life or whatever and stuff like that I just find it so I just like, I'm, I'm like, I'm loving this. This is so cool. And so like foreigners who married Koreans or something like that. And then, they, and I was just like, this is so cool. And so I get, I literally go on a binge watch of on YouTube and watching them, them all. Like, I'm like, okay, next episode. And this Korean guy married, you know, a girl from, you know, Estonia. This one married, this Korean woman married a guy from Senegal, Africa. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. It's, it's so awesome. I just love to see. And I, what I love about that is that I also look and I'm looking at these, you know, my Korean brothers and sisters who have the the courage mm-hmm. to marry outside of their race. I'm like, wow, that takes a lot of courage because I know that would have gotten either cut off from their family, backlash from the community. And so there's I, I'm attracted to that courage mm-hmm. that they're like, you know what, no love in you know i'm saying conquers all in this and i'm I'm gonna do it and i'm just gonna pray that my parents get on journey and and see how fantastic my you know my husband is or my wife is and i'm just like that is awesome i want to always live my life with that sense of courage and just moving forward you know
0: Yeah, no, same. And I think it's so cool because right now, actually, I guess the positive side of media is that in Korea, there's a lot of that kind of shows where they they bring on foreigners, they bring on people in interracial marriage, and people are seeing all that. So I think it's that also plays out to you know the way that Korean people view other people. And yeah. I was so shocked because when I was in Korea last year, I was talking to people about what's going on and just like my previous relationship and my parents, everyone was like, oh, like you know Korean people are not like that anymore. And it, it awesome. shocked yeah, and it shocked awesome. me because they're like, yeah, we're so open, especially because of media and p- yeah. what people are seeing. But you know the immigrants generation here yeah. in America, Like for my parents, for example, they don't consume that much Korean media because you just don't have that playing and they don't, And they're still trying to figure out how to do all the internet stuff. So (laughs) So for them, they're still, their mindset is still in like the 90s Korea. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's so interesting how in that way, like it's playing out positively in Korea, which I was so encouraged to see and to hear from my Korean friends there. Come on. Oh, yay.
1: I love this. I love hearing this. I got to get back there.
0: (laughs) So good. Um, So this is a final question. It's a question that I ask all my guests on my podcast. So this podcast is called Millennial Life School. So if you were to write a letter to our generation, a letter that begins with these two words, Dear Millennials, what would you write?
1: My goodness. Dear Millennials don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. That's one of the first opening statements. I literally would open it with that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Carve your own lane. You know, we can learn from our previous generations. We honor those who've gone before us. We can learn from their wisdom, but there's something that makes a millennial a millennial and makes us back you know, spectacular, you know, what makes us who we are, which is awesome millennials. And so Mm -hmm. let's literally stand out. Let our generation be known, you know, let our generation be known. Let us truly write history with our kids, kids, kids know about us, know about this Mm -hmm. generation. And so um, I want my grandkids to read about my generation Mm -hmm. and I want my grandkids to be like, Grandma, you were a millennial. Were you, you know what I'm saying? You did this. Your, your, your generation did this. Your, you guys were known for this. You guys, you know what I'm saying? You guys rose up and you guys, you know, uh, you know conquered hate. And and you guys, you know, did all this stuff. I was like, yep, that was me. You know what I'm saying? So I okay. want to be, you know, be that, that generation that my grandkids are proud of. You know, and so I say, dear millennials, don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Carve your own lane.
0: Yes, so good. And actually, um, so it just reminded me what you said. So I have my little notebook where I've been journaling last year. But it's so funny, because December of last year, I was journaling and I was just like, writing about like, our generation and like what I want us to fight for. So I was writing about how like, I'm so frustrated, because actually, I feel like there's, there's so much power in us as millennials but oftentimes we're living in so much fear and we're believing so much lies about us. And I was just asking myself and asking God, like, okay, like God, like how can we as young people care more and how do we as young people, how can we start taking action and how can we start taking action for a better world? And I was asking all these questions at end of last year, just thinking about our generation and just my heart for millennials. And it's so encouraging actually now because we're seeing millennials do that. We're seeing millennials rise up. We're seeing millennials uh-huh. really change the world and speak out and be bold to really step into who they are created to be. That's right. So, you know, with everything that's been happening, um, as painful as it is, and as we're seeing the ugliness that, that of racism it, that is still so prevalent in our society, yeah. but at the same time, it's encouraging because we're taking action as a generation and we're coming together as millennials, you know? It's all the young people out there and it's just like, oh, that's so freaking exciting because, man, I just... I feel like we, I haven't seen anything like this before. And I remember watching his story, like historical movies of how yeah. all the, it was all the young people who rose up and yeah. led revolutions. And it's all the young people who created the world that we live in right now, you know? Totally. And now finally it's like our chance, like it's our chance to write. Yeah. So now it's, it's our, time. our time and we're really standing up for what we believe is. Right. And so no it's, it's exciting and it's um, it's encouraging to see all these young people show up and saying that we care and saying that we're not gonna, we're not, we saw that, you know, our black brothers and sisters are hurting right now and we're going to stand in solidarity and we're going to stand together and we're going to stand in love. And it's, it's heartwarming at the same time. So come
1: on. Oh, well, I just want to end and I want to say this, if you're listening or whether you're watching this, I just want to remind you, I want to tell you, if no one's ever told you this before, I'm going to tell you now you are marked for significance. Mm -hmm. Your life matters. And so right now we might be highlighting um, black lives. And I, I pray that you stand in solidarity with us. And that knows that when we highlight black lives, we're highlighting Asian lives. We're highlighting brown lives. We're highlighting, you know, you know, we're highlighting all lives, and so, but right now, um, there is a specific community that is is hurting, and um, we are bringing them to the forefront to fight um, for something so much deeper um, than what you see, what you may see, and which will, when we bring healing to this, when we bring um, justice to this, when we bring, when we right the wrongs of history, um, it will affect us all. It will affect us all, and we will all reap the rewards for this. And so I say this, you are marked for significance. You, your own life, your personal life, you are marked for significance. And um, just begin to ask God, you know, hey, God, what do you have for me to put my hand to? I I don't want this moment to pass me by, this moment in history to pass me by. I want to be a part of this, what you're doing. Because there's a shift happening. There's a there's an earthquake. There's a there's a grumbling happening um, in and around the world right now, and we don't want to miss it. We don't. We're not we're not millennials for nothing. We weren't born into this era for nothing. And so um, jump on board. And so you don't have to be the loudest person. You don't have to run out and run the streets um, like um, some warrior or something like that. But just even where you are within your sphere of influence, your community, no you within your even your family. Um, You are marked for significance, and so I just encourage you, um, if you pray, pray, ask God what it is you want me to put my hand to, and just be a part of this time in history. Don't let it pass you by, because the last thing you want is your kids or your grandkids Mm -hmm. or anyone to ask you, where were you during the uprising of 2020? And you'd be like, well, I was behind my computer screen. I really didn't do much, you know, but you can say, hey, I I took part of it. I was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh my God. Naya, it's so good. Thank, Thank you so
1: you much for having me. You um, are awesome.
0: Yeah. So for all the listeners, is there a way where they can connect with you or anything that you want to share with the audience where they can. Go yeah. Well, out? um,
1: um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, as we all are. (laughs) I think that's really it. I'm on Instagram. Um, It's my first and middle name, Naya Querida, which is spelled N-I-Y-A-H-Q-U-E-R-I-D-A. And so uh, that's at Naya, N-I-Y-A-H, and Q-U-E-R-I-D-A, all together, one word. And you will find me there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so
1: if you want to see footage of the what the you know what's been going on crazy, um, especially the, the protests and stuff like that, um, I have that all on my Instagram. And so you can get a firsthand on the ground look that it's been such peaceful protests. And I know the news shows you everything but that, and so and how things are just It's crazy, but you would just never know how there's certain things that are actually being set up to make it look a totally different way. And so I show you that perspective um, to where everything has been such an amazing, peaceful march and the harmony and stuff like that. But then, of course, there's there's some rioters and they're going to do what they came to do. And that's riot slash loot. And so, which they're not protesters. They're not, you know, don't even label them protesters. They're looters. They came to loot. And so protesters came to protest. And so, and all the protests have been literally so peaceful and so amazing. So you can check out some footage there as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: You're awesome. Thank
0: you again for having me.
1: Thank you listeners for listening to me and you guys are all awesome.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on social media, share it with friends, and just let more people know about it. I would really appreciate it so that this podcast can be heard by more people. And also, just so that we can share these insightful, powerful conversations with other people so that they can also learn something new and gain new insights. So, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you haven't already, connect with me on social media at Sharon Kilonhan. I always love connecting with my listeners and just hearing from you guys what you guys thought about this episode. Thank you so much and see you guys in the Friday episode.